Hello and welcome to the Chop It Up Podcast, the show that's unfiltered and unapologetic. Each episode will bring you closer to finding your purpose. And for our loyal listeners, a special surprise awaits you at the end. Be sure to listen all the way through. Now, here's your host, Carmisha Superville. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Chop It Up Podcast. Did you guys miss us? I know you did. Guys, Happy New Year. (laughs) We made it. We made it. Happy New Year to all our loyal listeners. Listen, you guys, I hope you had a great holiday. Um, I hope it was relaxing. And I just hope that this year, 2023, brings us love, peace, joy, and abundance. Abundance, right? Keyword. You guys, welcome back. I'm so honored to be here with you again and share this space with you. And of course, we have an exceptional guest as our first guest, you guys, our first guest for the new year. Super, super soaked. Guys, listen, this conversation is one that's so needed as we walk into the new year. I know many of you guys may be in between careers, right? We're trying to figure out what's the next move in our professional lives and how is that going to resemble our personal pursuits? Don't worry, I got y'all. This is going to be our Level Up series. Yes, our 2023 Level Up series. And I have the honor of speaking with a dope queen. You guys, she is bad, yes. I don't care. She's bad. She's beautiful. And she's killing the game. I'm super, super honored. So again, welcome back. You guys already know. It's your host, Kamisha Superville, host of the Chop It Up podcast. And this is our first episode. Today, we are going to be speaking with Kay Watson. She's an executive HR professional. She specializes in building partnerships with hiring managers to help fulfill their staffing needs by connecting them to the right talent. Keyword, the right talent. Kay, welcome to Chop It Up. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Thank you, Carmisha, for having me. I really appreciate you. This is awesome. Happy to be the lineup for 2023. You know, that's right. The starting team. I love it. And you know, what a, the best way, you know, is to you know, learn about, you know, how you can level up, you know, and prepare yourself professionally um, for 2023, whether it's to get that promotion, new job, what have you. So, you know, thank you for the introduction. Um, I want to say I've been in, you know, HR recruitment. So HR is pretty, um, you know, big in terms of the different functions in terms of like, you know, um, I would say hiring, and then they have, you know, compliance and things like that. But I fall under the hiring portion, the function, so talent acquisition. So if I need to find the right candidate to fill a position at the company um, that I'm working for, that's what I'm there for. So I've been doing this for about nine years, supporting various sectors, whether it be in a healthcare setting, retail, sales, technology, um, and now telecommunication and now pharmaceutical companies. So I've been doing that by working with executive leaderships, you know, CEOs, finance operations to find the right candidate, you know, talent to, you know, meet that the needs of the hiring manager and the company. So um, that's what they call me in for, you know, your girl and 
being able to um, build those relationships, have a good candidate experience, as well as pleasing the business. That's amazing. So are you like a consultant or do you work for a firm, a talent acquisition firm? No, so I'm not. So people, funny thing, my friends always say, are you, can you, can you help me find a job in terms of various companies? And I said, no, I'm actually not a consultant. I work for HR for a company. So for instance, if Chop It Up podcast has their HR company, a team, excuse me, and a part of that, you'll have your compliance, your um, HR manager and what have you. And then you will have your talent acquisition person because you're looking for a new assistant. So I'll be that department, that function, and I'll do the hiring directly for Chop It Up. So I am employed with a company or organization and I do the hiring for them, whether it be a employee you know, of about 10,000, you know, employees, what have you, I'm staffing those needs, whether it be like a nurse, nursing assistant, executive assistant. So that's what I do. Got it. So, you know, I'm so happy that we connected because I have a lot of past lives. And one of my past lives, I actually worked for a company. um, And basically the CEO of the company, he had a staffing firm. And I was the program developers. So I would go out there and build relationships with prospective clients. So like um, other um, managers, right? Like um, bosses, right? Other directors who own, um, you know, um, companies, right? And then we would provide staffing for these, uh, for this organization. So is that similar to what you do, Kay? Or you just focus more so on the staffing? So like, how would I, how would someone like in the development stage, how would they work with someone like you? Oh, when would they bring them in, bring you in? Great question. So with difference with agencies, they support variety of companies because they're not employed by the company. So they can um, support the company A, B, and C at the same time and fill the needs for all those companies at once. Me, I'm hired with my organization. Like, for example, is it Chop It Up? I'm hired under you. I fill all your needs. So I, you know, we have our meetings for the quarter. We talk about how many positions that you have, what you're projected to hire based on your budget. And then I hire directly for our organization because I'm a Chop It Up podcast employee. Got it, got it. Makes a lot of sense. Definitely. (laughs) All right, cool. So you know what, let's get real. Let's get down to the conversation because Kay, this is the new year and a lot of transitions are happening to people's lives. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation, even in my life. Like, listen, I hate interviewing, right? I hate it. I have reached a stage in my life and my career. My thing is like, don't ask me why you should hire me. Why should I work here? (laughs) I've gotten to that point. It's like, why should I work here? Why should my why should I bring my talents to your firm? So I wanted I wanted you to kind of speak to that, right? In terms of why what are the qualities in hiring a candidate and how can we shift our mindset in terms of kind of like exemplifying our talents and why we are the right candidate for a position? Yeah. Good, good question. So funny thing is you say that about uh, you know. You say, hey, I hate interviewing. I want to know, you know, why should I choose you as a company? Due to the shift of just the the world, you know, I think COVID really changed a lot of the, um, I would say, job seekers' minds and even organizations. You've seen a lot of changes in incentives on um, the employer side. So job seekers are coming in with that 
why should I work for you attitude? So there is nothing wrong with, you know, asking key questions to understand what you will get out of this position in this organization. Will there be growth? Will there be, you know, a good financial gain? Will there be fairness? Things like that. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. So regardless, though, of being a good candidate, of course, you have their basics, right? Your resume, well-written, formatted, what have you. Um, and then you're applying to the job. You want to make sure that the job you're applying to is meeting the right qualifications that you have, right? So if they're looking for a nurse, you want to ensure that you are a nurse. You went to school for that. You have your certification, what have you. And you have those skill sets. So you want to be able to match your skills to what their job requirements are. So going in there, nothing wrong with having some requirements that really aren't there, but you know there's an opportunity to grow and you feel that you have some transferable skills that you can put into this role. Keyword transferable skills, right? So when candidates are interviewing, of course, Job, seek, job seekers, you know, they're interviewing various companies, what have you, but with an employer, especially a recruiter, you do not want, you want to ensure that you're not wasting their time, meaning you want to ensure that you have your stuff set up, you have your requirements, what have you, you could speak to that. So the basics, having that there. And then when you're having a conversation, you want to engage, you want to be engaging, you want to look them in the eye, you want to elaborate, you want to articulate, you want to just seem confident. And you know, we all get nervous. I say the best way to get over your nerves is practice in the mirror. It may sound basic, but it really works because you're getting rid of those, I would say, nervousness and, you know, the little jitters or whatever you're going to have. So when you practice, practice with a friend, practice in the mirror, what have you, and then are on your phone and play it back. But you want to come off confident in an interview, right? Speaking clearly and, you know, just letting that job, you know, the employer know that, hey, this person really knows who they are, what they're capable of, and they can really apply that to the position. So those are the basics. But as you're going deep into the conversation and, you know, and I like to call it a conversation nowadays because that's what's going to be key to help you get to the next step. If you make it that interview, I ask a question, then you answer kind of thing, close-ended, you know, responses, what have you, it's going to come off very just, uh, not so genuine or, you know, warm. So you want to get that warmness going by doing that, a smile, you know, of course, doing some research before so you can speak on to whatever that is that the person you're interviewing with, um, you know, is a function falls under so you understand what they do. You want to be able to reflect, show your personality, that's key, mm -hmm. you know, show if you're a type of person that's engaging, engage, you know, talk about the person, ask questions where you want to learn about the person that's interviewing you as to, you know, if you've been, you've been at this company such and such years, what have you found in the, at the company that helped you develop as a person, you know, why do you enjoy working here? What are the um, systems in place that you have to improve performance? And if someone wasn't performing so well, what did you put in place to help them get to that next level? So it shows that you're coming like, okay, 
don't play with me. Yes. I have my hat on. I'm interviewing you too. And they love that. And you want to do it with the least arrogance, confidence and arrogance, totally different, confident, but smiling, but not just coming off arrogant where you're like, so why should I? Because that also pushes them away. So those are some pointers. Okay, I need you in my back pocket, girl. <laughs> I think you can help me close some deals. <laughs> I love that. And the, the way that you just kind of like articulated, like made it seem like, yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to ask about that because that's the thing. A lot of times there's a thin line between confidence and arrogance, right? Especially as a woman, right? And so I love the fact that you also hinted to, to that. There's a way of saying it and a way of structuring that question. And I love that. Recently, yeah. I had, um, it's so funny you mentioned that, I had a conversation with um, a possible interviewer on a project that I was working on. Um, and it got a little intense, right? They were like, you know, what are your credentials? You know, um, what are you gonna be bringing to the table? And honestly, I felt a little bit defensive. I was like, hold up, you gotta Google me now. <laughs> Right. You did you not Google me? Did you not do your homework as well? You know, <laughs> and funny enough, a week before I had sent them all of my cap uh, my capability, my capacities, everything. So it was like, hold on. But I love the fact that you said that because it's a way that you say things, right? Um, we being that we are living in a world that everyone is super busy, we also have to be empathetic that you know what? There's a way that you say something so that you don't don't come off arrogant. And I like that approach. So what is, what is, we met, right? Let me give the listeners a little backstory. So we met virtually in a virtual space. I was on some platform and I saw a comment and I really loved the comment. The post was talking about an interviewer, a hiring manager knows the candidates that they are going to provide the second round of interview to and more so hire off of certain questions, certain, certain baseline questions, and you had commented. So I wanted to ask you that. How, from two perspectives, right? Certainly from your perspective as a hiring manager, staff manager, but more so from the interviewer's perspective, the candidate perspective, how confident can they feel knowing that they have secured that job opportunity or even an opportunity to pitch your services? How confident can they walk out of that interview knowing? Like, what are some traits of saying, yeah, I nailed that interview? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. That's really a good question. So you really, you know, if I had the answer fully, I would be a winner for a lot or whatever, right? I can't right, wait. Right. You can feel confident and that's fine. As long as you feel that you did a good job, that's all that matters, even if you weren't selected. Because at the end of the day, yes, there are two things. We do look at your the personality, your likability. That's key. And we look at your experience in terms of the skill set. So if candidate A and B, there is an A candidate that has the experience, well, limited experience, but has a great personality, right? Um, but the learning curve is too huge of a gap. And then you have candidate B that had an okay personality, wasn't bad, but wasn't as fully engaging. And, but they have the high skill set of what they need. There are times 
the managers can or will decide to go towards candidate B. However, it depends too on the hiring manager. It's, it's all, as I say, matchmaker. So when I'm going in as, in as a recruiter and say I do my screening, because I usually do the screening before I introduce them to the manager. So just to give you that context, I screen them to see if they actually are a good fit, what they said on the resume is equal to that and the way they're presenting. Then I'm like, okay, this person seems good. So when I'm screening and I see that candidate has that great personality, but their skill set's not that great, I will give some feedback. I do. I give feedback, honestly, and say, hey, uh, my manager, the person I'm going to have you meet with, see, the matchmaker, they are really, you know, down to earth. They are, um, you know, about team oriented, they're collaborative, what have you, but they're looking for the skill set, um, you know, whether it be like a system that you need to know, I would like you to speak up on that, speak on that, build that up in an interview so you can, you know, feel confident, or these are the systems they're looking for some, um, someone to have experience on that. Maybe you want to do some research. So it's not really cheating. It's just me giving feedback because I want everyone to do well, right? So especially I'm also a matchmaker and I got quoted to me. So I like candidate A, but I know their skill set might be a little, you know, under the radar of what they're looking for. So I'm helping them because I know that manager at the end of the day is more open to training per se, if that makes sense. So I usually choose, if I know the manager who's like, no, I need them to have that. I, I mix them up. I need them to figure out who's going to be good with who interviewing because that happens. The personalities have to infuse and it has to be you know, synchronized. And that's what makes me feel like, you know, I can find that pink elephant that the manager is looking for. Cause I'm like, okay, his personality is this, this candidate is going to hit, hit this on the nail and they're going to just like really get along. So, you know, I want a candidate at the end of the day, when you're interviewing back to your question in terms of if they feel confident, I think if they're answering the questions clearly, meaning, you know, they didn't stutter on a question, they didn't, um, you know, evade a question, if they have all the requirements that's needed, but even if they don't, they have the transferable skills. I want them to insert that and speak on that, you know, and then a key question that they can ask at the end if they feel still on the fence is, is there anything you're looking for in a candidate um, that I did not, you know, provide you with? If so, what can I do to elaborate on, you know, some of those things? And that helps you then say, oh, okay, as a candidate, let me pull out some information because clearly, you know, I didn't present this well. So yeah, that can help with your area checklist to say, okay, I did this, I did this, and I did this, which allows you to walk away feeling confident that you covered all areas in the interview. Hey, you are amazing, girl. I just I, want you to know that. <laughs> I just want to put a little pin in this, like, girl. So awesome, Carisha. Thank you. you know, I'm going to start charging people for these episodes. <laughs> Yo, I love that. And I'm learning. I'm learning as I'm listening to you. Because, you know, sometimes you're not as confident as you should be. And especially like you mentioned, you know, there are so many factors that goes into hiring. You may not have the education, but you may have the personality, right? And it's a mixture. And what you are doing is helping so many listeners. And I just love that, you know? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah I love that. All right. So I wanted to ask you really quickly, did you always want to do this? Like when you were a little girl, like did you... 
How did you fall in? That's a great this question. And I always love telling the story. So no, I didn't always think HR, right? Um, funny thing. So I went to undergrad, um, you know, for my bachelor's in marketing. So this is marketing. I was like, what am I going to do with that? I just got a degree. I started at Virginia State University, um, HBCU, and then I finished up at Mercy College. Yes. And I got my bachelor's then, and then I worked in banking. And then I hated banking because of these quotas. You had to me. I was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't deal. Then I went on into sales, into publishing sales, which was good, but I clearly was not that great of a salesperson. Um, so then I went back to school for my master's and I wanted to do school counseling. The reason why I really had the opportunity to think about really like what I want to do. What do I recall back in my life throughout the years that really set in? And that was when my guidance counselor helped me with applying for college, always gave me great advice. So I said, you know, I want to be a guidance counselor. So I went to get my master's at College of New Rochelle to, in human services, specializing in school counseling. Unfortunately, the economy at that time, that's when they had people downsizing. It was like, what, 2008, 9, 10. And they were letting teachers go, counselors go. I was like, oh my God, how am I going to get a job in this field? So I remember, that's so funny. If I knew what I knew now, then I I've had some crazy interviews, by the way. Oh my God, I, just real quick. I interviewed at all boys uh, high school and with two males. Big no-no. You want to diversify your um, your hiring pool when you're dealing with a female, right? Or if it's a male, you want to mix it up, male, feet, what have you. So there's two males, I'm a female. They asked me a question. They said, why, how do you feel being young and an attractive woman working in an all boys school? I was, a, imagine, I was just graduated. I didn't know what to say. I said, well, you know, I would just stick to, you know, the, the policies and, you know, I treat people fairly, despite if they're male or female. But either way, I was just like, oh, my God, you're not supposed to ask me that. But one right, day, right. And what have you. So that was the case. So I unfortunately never became a school counselor, did my internship, everything in school counseling. The market just didn't, you know, call for it at the time. So I fell into HR. I got an opportunity, a nonprofit, which are true to my heart, nonprofit companies. And I did recruitment. And that's how I fell in it. Nine years later, different, you know, sectors. Yeah. of Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I love that story because that's a good segue. I did want to ask you really quickly because, you know, you're bad. You're bad, child. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, girl. <laughs> Yes, I do want to ask you that because here's the, here's the thing, girl. I am funny shit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but, you know, I wanted to ask you. I was like, how can I ask her this question? So I did want to ask because certainly before I became, you know, who I am today in, in terms of podcasting, being a um, you know self-employed, owning my own business and all that, I have worked um, in a corporate setting for many years, and I've worked in some interesting settings, right? Some very powerful. Um, roles and in corporate, there's a certain look, you know, there's a certain look, right? Um, and I know things have changed now over the years, which is great, but I, I was curious about that because you're very attractive and you live life like, you know, fabulous, right? And so I wanted to ask about that. Has that, has that, right, has that affected you in any way? Like how, what I love now, I'm, I'm being cautious of my words. What I love now is that 
femininity is being redefined, right? We are all redefining it. I love that. But there are still deficits and there are still moments where as an attractive woman, sometimes people's intentions may not always be what you think it would be. Have you ever encountered that with a client, not necessarily a candidate, but with a client that you're working with, you know, those type of um, power roles per se. And be, be honest, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's a great point that you've made. Um, you, I have clients and I call them, yes, my clients, even though I work for the company, my clients, the hiring manager. So you have the ones that, they see I'm HR, they're hiring managers, but they don't understand policies and laws and things like that. They cannot do certain things. So that's why we're there to re-educate or educate them on those things and give them the hard feedback, you know? So I've had managers that say, you know, I'm looking for someone that's young, you know, someone that's, you know, recently graduated that can come in, get the job done. So of course I already know what they're alluding to. Um, you know, I've had hiring managers too that, you know, say when the interview, I want them to wear skirts and things like that. And I'm like, wait, what if a person wears pants, a woman, you know? So I've had hiring managers that will look at resumes and that's a whole nother conversation and see your address and um, we'll see a certain city and no, not even the city, forget the city. I tell people to put city and state only, but they see the address of where you live, the location and say, oh no, they're from that area. We're not. And I'm like, that is a huge red flag. You cannot discriminate based on where someone lives or if they have children, oh no, you know, they may not come into work. They'll call out a lot. So I'm there to focus on their skill sets and their capabilities and if it meets the job requirements, you know? And that's why I like to diversify the hiring pool. When I see it's not uh, their biases, that's gonna come out, you know? Naturally, a humankind, we're gonna have our biases, but it's important for us to check those. And if they can't check it, I'm there to help them check it. You know, like, right. okay, let's check these biases. You can't do that. But, um, you know, to just answer too with the, if you're an attractive person, we'll have you, it's crazy to say, but in a way, you force tone it down in a way, um, you know, um, I wouldn't necessarily wear high gloss lip gloss on an interview, um, keep my makeup light, I would um, less uh, not strong perfume, what have you, of course, still dress business professional or similar to what the company is about, but still professional way. And come with your, 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 your intelligence and your knowledge and your research, because, you know, you don't want them to think that you're just an attractive face and um, what have you. So you want to be able to let them know that I've done this, this and that. These are my qualifications, my credentials. I'm not just a, a pretty face or about looks. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, because there's a conversation now, pretty girl syndrome. I mean, that's real. Okay. You and I know that. If you're pretty, you know, it, it can open more doors. It can open more doors. And sometimes the intellect takes a backseat, you know, yeah. so that's real. Yes, it's true. It does. Yeah. And, it, you know, unfortunately, the candidate at times does not have the opportunity to pick their hiring team, you know. So there are people on the team that have their biases and they're going to make decision you know, based on one of my biggest pet peeves is when a manager say, I like them. They're, they seem so nice. I say, we can't measure nice. 
right. Oh, I like that. Yes. You know, like, you know, what do you say? Like, oh, they, you know, smiled and her hair was, let's not even go into that. Like, let's right. just talk about their skill set, their, you know, personality, are there good cultural fit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, why is resume so imperative? Resumes. Let's talk about that really quickly. Real quick. Um, so I mentioned resumes are very important because, of course, you want to show your credentials, qualifications before they even see you, right? And it's important because recruiters or hiring managers, if they don't have a recruiter, use your resume to grab, pull out keywords of what they're looking for. So it's called sourcing. So if I'm looking for a candidate that has, um, I need them to have experience with like, you know, say social media, Instagram, things like that, just, just throwing that out there. I'm going to go into the system, whichever system I'm sourcing from, LinkedIn, Indeed, what have you, I'm going to do um, like a Boolean search. I'm going to put in IG and or social media and or Facebook and blah, 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 and pull up those resumes that are speaking to what I'm looking for, right? So it's important to have your keywords formatted well, keywords there that, you know, speak to the position. Um but, you know, back to format real quick, I do tell candidates now, and I've been saying it for years, especially since I've encountered a situation with a hiring manager, just put your city and state on there. Don't put your exact location. Some people aren't even putting their city and state anymore, you know, especially because the positions are remote. Um, putting your phone number and your email is fine because managers tend to say, Oh, they live there. Oh, are they going to commute to work? Do they not realize how far that is? And then they make a decision already before you even get the opportunity to interview. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's very important to have a well-formatted resume um, as well as just having keywords. Also, real quick, because I did speak on this on another um, uh, panel, names, sadly, 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 names are so important on your resumes because you can have a name that's a unique name like Kadeen or Carmisha. And, you know, having it there, interviewers will automatically assume you're from a certain background or whatever and may have that bias. It is sad to say, as I mentioned, that's why we need to come in as recruiters to police them and say, what's the you know, purpose of you not wanting to see this candidate and you never even met them. So what I've had some people, so if say it's a difficult name to pronounce, I will encourage that they just put their first initial, like for example, K dot Watson, if that's the case. Yeah. Um, because Ooh. I've been to interviews and, and excuse me, trainings and studies that show that resumes with more eccentric names per se or hard to pronounce names are less likely to get interviewed than a resume with like a more, you know, simple name, Bob, Jane, Kathy, things like that. You know, what's so funny real quick though. Check this out. It's so funny. You said that, right? Yeah. So the year was 20, uh, 2009. I had funny. You mentioned guidance counselor. I went to my guidance counselor and I was about to graduate. And she's like, Kamisha, what are you going to do after graduation? I said, I don't know. Look for a job. She said, yeah. listen, I know about this amazing internship and I want you to um, apply for it. It was a Hispanic organization. I was like, okay, I'll apply. Okay. <laughs> I applied. Girl, listen, I, I, I don't know. I just applied. I was like, and then they called me. It was an internship with the United States Navy. Oh, yes, girl. Yes. 
with the United States Navy, but check it out though. I don't know. They thought they thought I was Spanish by my name. <laughs> <laughs> so that works in your favor. That case it works in your favor. I like that. I'm gonna have yes. to see that story to share on meeting. I like yes. that. They thought I was Spanish. I had the interview remotely, obviously. And the recruiter who called me from the Navy because they were doing the staffing like you. And they asked me a few questions. And literally my office, when I, when I got there, they literally all thought I was Spanish. It was like, oh, we thought you were Spanish. I was the only black girl. Listen to this. I was that the only black so girl selected out of 3,000 applicants. The only black from New York State, from the New York State area. To enter with the Navy. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. Exactly. I love yes. it. Yes, girl. And let me tell you, girl, that was a that was a chance of a lifetime. Let me tell you, I've learned yes. so much. Yes. So you're so right. That so, but see, that was such a success story. So on the flip side, and I, I like that. I'm going to have to feel yeah. that. Like, hey, there are some opportunities and chances are if you do have <laughs> A unique name. Yes. Get you in the door. And it's like, oh my goodness, that is so Yes, girl, but you're so right because yeah, there is a lot of discrimination. We certainly know that. And those things are very some sometimes unconscious biases as well. So you're absolutely right. It's a thin line. It definitely is a thin line. All right. Um, what are factors that you look for in a potential candidate? What are some factors that you look for? Like three factors. As we, you know, talk about a new year. Three factors. So you going back to that, how we met with the question of a hiring manager and recruiter usually know who they're going to hire just for the first few minutes. Typically, that is true. Uh, honestly, it's for one from the get is personality in terms of they're coming off and engaging. So I want someone to be engaging. I want the reason being engagement can look as someone who's going to be a team player from the way they're just engaging with me, someone who's going to be collaborative and someone who's just going to have a can-do attitude, right? So once they're showing that to me, I'm already like, wow, okay, they're engaging. They are going to meet the cultural fit for the organization, right? Two, of course, I need them to be able to articulate a bit, you know, having like, you know, doing your research of the company. Biggest pet peeve is when you don't do any research. You know, we're having a lot of that Gen Z type of, um, you know, interviewing experience. Talk lately. about it. Like, yeah. uh, no, I didn't have time to look at the company. So that's a turnoff where I'm automatically going to be like, yeah, no. So yeah. Um, doing that research so you have a good understanding of the company and the position to see if it's even going to align with what you're looking for. Um, see, I would say, you know, definitely having those skill sets that, you know, we're looking for, you know, being able to, if you were looking for reporting in Excel, having those basic needs, um, excuse me, um, experiences and what have you. Um, but the first one that usually do it, and it's 90% of the time we make the decision, because I can talk to you and look at your resume and say, even if you're probably lying, because sometimes some companies do assessments in terms, you know, to see if you do have this full knowledge of whatever we're looking for some companies don't so say you put you have excel and blah 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 and you really aren't that great at it what have you what's going to make me make the decision is that personality that engagement that you 
spoke to me in a warm way. Uh, you you called my name, said my name back to me. Shows me that you're paying attention. You know, it shows me that you're just going to engage with the hiring managers, and then you're going to engage with the team as you come onto the um, you know, the team, the company. Love that. I love that. Speaking yeah. real quick about the Gen Z because. There is a lot of comments about the Gen Z and how they operate and so forth, but I don't want to play them too much. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about more empowering them. Some tips for the Gen Z listeners, some tips, have some hiring tips, you know, resume tips. What, what can you provide for that uh, niche group? <laughs> yeah, I actually too myself want to start off 2023 doing some more training to understand this population a little bit more um, too, because I need to, because they are going to be the ones that we're hiring more. So as we go on, right, we need them. So I, instead of just, you know, fighting it, we need to learn how to understand them a little bit more and, and bridge the gap, bridge that gap, right. Yes. You know, um, yes. So definitely not trying to diss them in any way, but there are things for them where they come off with that attitude at times, like, why should I choose you type of, or kind of laziness during the interview? Like, no, I didn't do my research. Uh, so how much is it paying? Oh, that's the new, oh my gosh, the new wave. They ask about pay straight up off the bat. I swear. Straight up. They want $30 an hour straight up with no experience. <laughs> I'm like, what happened to like, you know, us um, before we would have these interviews and you don't find out about the salary until the very end of it, you know? Um, so that's the funniest thing. Um, so I would say definitely do your research, Gen Z's. If you really have interest, like why waste your time if you don't have interest, right? Because it's wasting your time too, Gen Z. Don't take an interview if you didn't do the homework um, and, you know, really ask yourself, do I want this job? I know you want to get paid. Yes, we all need money. But do you want this job? You could interview elsewhere. You know, a lot of them lately, they're like, no, I'm doing DoorDash or I'm doing this. I'm like, okay, if that's what you choose to do at this moment, fine. But if you really feel the need to get into an organization that meets your values and what have you, and some incentives are out there, just do the research and show us that, you know, um, get your foot into the door, you know, but yeah, they are becoming, so they don't commit to the interviews anymore. So they'll stay there going schedule a time and they don't show up. So the rate of their declines is really high. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We got to do more. It's funny because, um, last year we actually did in 2021, uh, 22, we did, um, the catalyst experience, which is we organized a youth conference here in New York, really helping young people, but their professional development. We spoke about financial literacy and wellness, but we actually had speakers speak about staffing and so forth. And we are coming back this year, 2023, with that. And I would love to even put you on the spot and, 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 and you know, have you be a part of it. You know, yeah, be one of our great. I love the young people. I think yeah. the more we can reach out to them with our knowledge and we can learn from them, I think the better. So Karmisha, please keep me, you know, in mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kay, listen, girl, honestly, I can talk to you all day. Like the input. And I just want to thank you certainly publicly for just being so organic and authentic. You know, like you just said, you didn't even overthink it. You was like, definitely what time, what date you need me. And I appreciate that. And thank you. Seriously. Yes, yes. I, yeah, I did my homework. I looked you looked at you up and I did my research. See, I was prepared. I don't know about that other person. 
But, you know, and I liked what I saw. And, you know, I said, hey, okay, let's, you know, um, because I also still, even though, you know, it's my personal page, I have to be careful too, like, you know, what I decide to jump into. But I saw that you are about great things and I love what you're doing. And I'm happy that I took this opportunity. So thank you so much again, Carmisha, for having me. And please keep me in mind for future, um, you know, connections and what have you. I would love to assist. Thank you so much. So as we wrap up, because this is a part of our level of series, and thank you, certainly. I wanted to ask you really quickly, um, what is your personal approach to employee morale? What is your personal approach to employee morale? Personal approach. So when you're mixing it, and let's be honest, of course, I try to, so I, as a recruiter, we're responsible for various incentives to get people into the door. So of course, that's a great question, employee morale. So when we're getting people in, you know, we want to keep them, we want to retain them. Attrition can be high depending on how the organization is treating someone, which brings the morale low. So incentives you want to have in place are qualitative and quantitative, right? Qualitative meaning the quality. Are there programs there or opportunities, um, excuse me, are there uh, processes in place to help me get from point A to point B in my career? Is there some career trajectory for me, for that employee? So if they come on, come in as a, a, a P0, you know, in terms of their position and they want to go to a P1, P2, can we set them up with training, learning and development to get them to that? So they want to ensure that we have that at this organization, you know, um, career development. So that keeps the morale so they see growth. Also, you know, having um, quantitative money, right? What can I get in, you know, in my pocket? So two things we do, you know, some companies is we do performance reviews that's tied to salary incentives. So, you know, if you are, um, working really well, we'll review your performance. Some companies are doing three performance reviews per year as opposed to one. Well, so that's the newest incentive to get people in. So you can qualify for three salary increases throughout the year, which is awesome. Um, so then another one, you know, in terms of the, I would say the quantitative is the employee referral bonus. So, you know, you're a great employee, right? What, do you know anybody else that's really good as you? Can you refer them to us? We have this in place, a 1,500, 1,000, whatever, for every employee you refer that stays with us 30 to 60 days, you'll get that money. And you have up to five people you could do that for. So that boosts the morale, you know, um, of employees because they feel that they're helping the organization by bringing in good talent and helping us grow. Um, and then they have opportunities to grow in their career and also in their pockets. So um, I think that really improves employee morale, um, making them feel a part of the team and the organization, no matter how small per se their position is. Got it. Love that. Awesome. Awesome. Man, you dropped so many nuggets. Wow. All right, um, let's talk about leadership as we wrap up. You know, this is a new year. Let's talk about leadership. What are the most important qualities in a leader? Oh, such a great question. And I loved when I saw that. Um, in a leader, you want someone who is a roll up the sleeves, can do it person. You know, of course, leaders, you know, they are tasked with, you know, 
high skilled things where, you know, they, their time is taken away. However, we want someone who's able to come down to the people and just get into the trenches with us too. deep dive into some information to help us understand what we could do better, you know, but being a part of that team, like, hey, you know, um, I know my calendar may look like this, but I'm going to open up some time so we can connect, you know, letting us see your face here and there, you know, meet with us. We like that because when you come, you know, among the people that are, are supporting you to help the business run and function, being visible is so important to us um, and visible in a way, not like you're micromanaging, visible and like, you know, hey, I, you know, understand that you did this first quarter. Good job. You know, definitely throwing out some, you know, affirmations and things like that. And, you know, some compliments. It, it helps us. But being a good leader is someone that we will look up to and say, wow, I want to make this person proud. So even in their absence, we're going to make sure that we're covering all areas to ensure that this well-oiled machine is being, you know, ran effectively. Um, so I think a leader is just communicative, transparent, even if it hurts. And, you know, um, definitely someone who is going to roll their sleeves up and just get into it with us. I love it. I love it. Kay Watson, executive HR professional and professional matchmaker. <laughs> Man, I love it. I, I would say that. <laughs> yeah, right? Listen, I want us to stay connected. I, I yeah. love it. Like, Please. Yes. Yeah. Are you, where are you located? What part of the States are you? I'm in Connecticut. I actually okay. just moved to Danbury, Connecticut about two and a half years ago. So I'm from New York. Yeah. Nice. How about you? Awesome. I'm You're in New York too, girl. Yes. I love it. So we definitely you know. have to stay connected. We can meet up, you know, in person. That'll be great. Uh, I would love to learn more about you and what you're doing. I love, as I mentioned throughout this, I said nonprofit community is a form of like just special to my heart. Um, so I always try to get back into some forms of that, even if, you know, it's not work fully related in terms of my current job, but just giving back. Yes. And I see that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So we're going to wrap up. So any tidbits, any tips, any incentives you have for the listeners? This is your floor. You know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So 2023, definitely write down your goals, journal them, do them, write them the night before or the morning of what have you definitely look back at them and check them off as like a to-do list. Write to-do list too, whether it's a small to-do or a big to-do. That's going to help you stay consistent and meet your goals. And it's going to help you become a better person. So what, whichever goals, whether it's professional, personal that you have, you're going to attain that because you're being consistent, you're writing it down, and it's going to come to fruition. So, you know, that's my goal is to... Write it down and get to it. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. Kay, thank you so much. Happy New Year to you. Um, I wish you abundance, love, and continue to be just a beautiful spirit, a beautiful person. Thank you. Thank you, Carmisha. Happy New Year to you and to all your followers and viewers. Thank you all. Thank you. Kay, before you go, how can people reach out to you? That's in, you know, in terms of, if they want to consult with you, maybe, you know? 
how can they reach yeah. out? Um, definitely, I should, you know what, I'm going to do a to-do list and create a, a professional, you know, HR page in 2023, because I do get a lot of these questions till this day. But yeah. as for now, they can reach out to me and um, you could probably print that. But my email is kdean, which is K-A-D-E-E-N dot Blake, B-L-A-K-E at Gmail. So that's K-A-D-E-E-N dot Blake at Gmail. And they can Are you on LinkedIn? I'm on LinkedIn as well. So sorry, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm actually... Kay Watson on LinkedIn. You can find me there. I'm the only Kay Watson. I think K-A-Y Watson on LinkedIn. So they could connect with me there. But if they have any questions regarding email, uh, excuse me, resumes or interview questions, they I'm always open to answering and helping. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. You guys, thank you so much. You're listening to Kay Watson, professional, uh, HR professional, an amazing soul. Thank you so much, you guys. We will see you on the next episode of Chop It Up. Bye, you guys. Bye.